Welcome to the Victory Theory Podcast with your host, Kevin Hooker, Sophie Spatero, and Nicole. And on today's podcast, we have Matthew Moyer. And Matthew is, <laughs> and Matthew is a Marine, and he did three deployments. And it was also... Uh, Well, you are uh, a conditioning and uh, what was that? Yeah, it's a, a tactical strength and conditioning facilitator. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was trying to. I wrote it down, <laughs> but I wouldn't. I wouldn't sure what uh, you know it was. It was drawn out, so I wasn't sure how I pronounce it. <laughs> but I'm gonna let you tell about yourself. Go ahead. <laughs> About myself, well, there's a I can I can do a lot or I can do a little. Um, so I was uh, I was born and raised in Pennsylvania, and you know had a I guess like a, a I call it like a typical suburban middle class upbringing. You know I had a had a great family. Uh, have have an older sister. Uh, after high school, I had done trade school for a little bit. Didn't work out well. Uh, I started working, uh, 2004, I lost my job and couldn't really find anything else that was, uh, paying quite the same. So I joined the Marine Corps in, uh, 2005 I joined and ended up doing, uh, three deployments. My last deployment I had extended to go on so I can reenlist overseas. Mm -hmm. And right after I reenlisted, I got injured. Uh, finished out the deployment, had surgery, came home and had surgery. And, uh, you know, the Marine Corps just kind of said, have a nice life and got medically separated. And now I live out in Arizona with my family. Nice. What do you do uh, to keep your days occupied now that you're not in the military? <laughs> well, it, it's been summertime, so I've been spending most of the most of the days with my son. He's He's 10, so... We, we've been kind of pawing around over the summer, but, um, you know, I, I had, uh, I had a job, uh, working in a factory when I got out, when I got out here to Arizona and then, uh, I had, I had some flare ups due to my injuries and ended up losing that job. And then I started, uh, I was going to an awesome physical therapist and he kind of pushed me into the fitness direction, um, and I'd started working at a gym and then because of COVID that all stopped. And right before COVID I had started up my own uh, fitness and nutrition business. And then that kind of stopped real quick because of COVID. So just trying to get that all back up and going. Nice. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you, how your rehab was going, you know, with your injury and stuff. It's uh... a, <laughs> I think it's going to be a, a lifetime of rehab. And I think it's, it's the thing that, you know, a lot of people don't understand. It's like when you come back from an injury, it's not just, okay, I did my eight weeks of physical therapy. I'm good. It's generally going to be a lifetime of at least maintenance because it's, it's going to, you're 100%. So it's just trying to get as much as you can back out of that. And when mm -hmm. I had, I, so I had my, I got injured in uh, November of 2009. I had my surgery in August of 2010 and the, um, 
the surgeon who did my who did my surgery, he was still that mindset that wherever you are a year out, that's a pretty you're going to be. So he's like, yeah, we're just doing the surgery to stabilize, no uh, physical therapy or anything. So I went like two years of just kind of making it through the day. And then I finally got hooked up with a physical therapist through the VA. And that's when things, I'd say that's when things really started getting better. Figured out you could go farther, you know, push yourself farther. Right. I could get it. Right. Right. It wasn't just like, oh, well, I guess this is it. I'm just going to sit here and get fat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, is the physical what really got you into the fitness, getting your bachelor's degree? Uh, so I'd say I'd say both. Uh, they kind of work together to get I mean, the injury didn't get me into fitness by itself, but going to physical therapy to to get, I guess, better is what really allowed me to see like, Hey, there, this isn't over. It's, I can, I can keep going here. Um, and then really seeing that the, the mental health tie in there, uh, be, you know, because so many guys, so many people in the military, it's like, you know, fitness is like 90% of the job. So like once, once we get, it's, there's not a, well, there's, there's no, it's, I don't have to work out if I don't want to. Uh, so right. a lot of guys and, a lot of people then end up getting, you know, you get out of shape and then all of a sudden you have that one day where you look back and you're like, man, I used to be able to do all these things. Now I struggle to tie my shoes. Uh, and it, you know, there's, there's this, yeah, it's kind of like that vicious cycle where it's like, wow, I'm fat now and I didn't used to be. So I get depressed and now I'm depressed. So I don't want to work out. And it's just this, this huge vicious cycle. Uh, so like seeing how that fitness can really break that, that, uh, vicious cycle of the mental health like was really kind of eye-opening for me because personally for me it's it's like literally saved my life like it brought me out of a huge depression and I know like when I start getting depressed it's like two things I do when I'm depressed is I'm either going to sleep or work out right, those are the, right. the two things that are really are, are really uh I guess big ticket items for me that's me like when I go online I was like getting out on hitting the road on mine is like definitely my therapy. Yeah. Cause uh, I had the same problem with, with the doctor with mine. He's like, uh, I think, you know, I got your leg just good enough, you know? And I, he took, he put me in a, like a little cast thing and uh, he took it off and he like, you know, you're good enough to walk out of here. And so I tried to walk out of the office and I, I was like, got to the door and I was like, you know, I, I couldn't even put weight on it, you know, without it. And I was like, I looked back at him. I was like, uh, I can't even put weight on it. He was like, yo, you'll be good in a couple of days. And I was like, yeah, okay, right. Yeah. And, and so I'm walking to the car and I'm still not able to get to the car hardly. And I'm like, I get to the car and I, I called the, uh, my old, my regular doctor. And I'm like, uh, can you make me an appointment with sports rehab doctor? So the next day I went and saw them and they were like, you know, there's something wrong. We need you to come like right now, you know? So I came that same day and they were like, he messed your leg up and your knee and your ankle. And I was like, Oh yeah, thank you. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. So that's, that's what's wrong with my knee and everything now. Thanks to him. <laughs> so. Hey, Matthew. So what what is your injury? Um, 
like exactly what how does it affect you i guess so the the actual injury is i herniated a disc uh in my c4 c5 uh-huh. so up it up in uh my my cervical spine and my neck um and like I said, that happened in November. I finished out the deployment. Uh, we came home in April. So I didn't really know that anything was wrong. You know, and I, I fell and landed on my back and you get like the pins and needles mm-hmm. uh, shooting through the body. And I just kind of laid there for a minute and then like wiggled my fingers and toes. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm all right. And, you know, it's rocky stuff over there. So you don't really notice anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we got back. And I was like on pavement. I was just, man, my, like, I don't, I don't feel like I can control my legs. Like, it, mm-hmm. like I, I can't, I don't like, I don't know. Like it just, it just didn't feel right. Like uh, I, I really don't know how to explain it. Like my legs just weren't working. Uh, so they did, they did some tests, uh, some preliminary tests and the medical officer was like, we need to get some MRIs. And at the time I was just having a lot of low back pain. So they uh-huh. did, you know, did the MRI on my L spine and they're like, you know, you got some minor deterioration, but nothing that would be causing anything like this. Uh, and then they did my T spine and then they did, they sent me out for an EMG, uh, which like they stick this long needle in you mm-hmm. and then like in various parts of your body. And then the, uh, they have like this electrode that they touch other places and it basically sends a shock and they measure how long it takes for the shock to get from one probe to another. It's like a nerve conduction test, I guess is the best wow. way to do Um, and that's when they did that. The, and the guy's like looking at the numbers and right away, he's like, no, this ain't right at all. So that's when they, that test is what, uh, they sent me back to get my C-spine, uh, get an MRI on that. And I had that MRI and the very next day they called me was like, you need to get down here. And just looking at the x-ray of my C-spine, you could see like my spinal cord was all this is like all discolored in the, um, in the x-ray. Um, so, so yeah, that the main, the actual injury is like, I have damage on my spinal cord from like C3 to C6. Uh, but I got uh, C4 and C5 fused because that was where the most damage was. Uh, and really what it what it does is um, it, it just prevents communication. Uh, you know, the spinal cord is like the superhighway of communication. So it, it mainly uh, affects my legs. So I don't really have fine motor skills in my legs. Uh, and then I get like a lot of um, – like in my arms and in my legs, I get like a lot of spasticity. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's very, like the muscles just get like real tight or, um, or, it'll, you know, they just spasm and start twitching. Uh, and, you know, just, and I guess they're like, uh, like hypersensitive. So like, if you, like if they get like, especially it's everything's worse in the morning when I've just been laying for 10 hours, uh, right. you know, it, like at the slightest touch, they'll just like seize up. So, oh wow! Yeah, it just it gets like uh, so they're just like hyper spastic and like hyper reflexive, and throughout the day it kind of subsides a little bit. But um, you know, and I've I've done a lot of stuff playing around. Like, hey, I'm gonna I'm just gonna like go off like all caffeine and stuff for you know a month and see if like reducing the caffeine will mitigate some of that spasticity and and uh, hyper reflexiveness. But I haven't I haven't really noticed a difference, but. Uh, it, it did help out my sleep, so that's good. 
Yeah, you're yeah better sleep's than me. important. <laughs> I couldn't go without like, caffeine. Like super bad. <laughs> a while back, my doctor actually gave me the choice between um, to help with some pain to give up nicotine or caffeine. And I was like, I'm just going to give up the nicotine because there's no way I could go a day without coffee. No yeah. way. Yeah, I go in cycles, so I'll go a while. I'll still go a while without drinking caffeine, and then I was like, yeah, sir. So I just try and keep all caffeine consumption ends at noon, so that way it doesn't interfere with my sleep. Um, so you work out a lot. So is there like any music or anything, uh, podcast or motivation you listen to to keep it going? I'm an oddball that like when I work out, I don't like listening to stuff because I just get so focused that I I'm either pay attention to one or the other. Um, so like when I work, I mean, if there's music on, that's fine, but I'm not like, uh, Oh, I need my metallic playlist to go work out. Like I'm just as fine just working out in silence and I can just, you know, kind of be alone with my thoughts, I guess. Cause I don't, I don't, uh, generally do like a traditional workout, I guess. Um, like I, I have, I have a, a program that I kind of follow, but a lot of it kind of gets, um, a lot of stuff gets worked in around there, you know, based on how I'm feeling that day, like how, how my, how my legs are, just how, how I'm feeling physically, I'll change things up, you know, so it's kind of, kind of more of a, a free form type thing, but uh, there, it, there is a structure to it. I have to do the same thing. With, I have fibromyalgia, so I have to do the same thing. I can wake up and not my hip will seize just taking a step out of bed or I'll have to get on all fours to get out of bed. So I do the same thing with my workouts. I kind of adjust to work on the sections that may not be so bad. Yeah, and sometimes if I'm, ha- if I'm having trouble uh, with, with something, I might, uh, you know, just – scrap my workout for the day and just spend like a mobility day or something, just working on uh, stretching things out or just trying to get things to calm down. So yeah, it kind of all depends, but yeah, I, I try to do something every day. So. Hey Matthew, what is that fit ops? I like, uh, I saw that fit ops on your uh, page. What What is that about? I like that. So that's a, they're a organization that works with veterans. Um, that are transitioning out uh, mainly to get them uh, certified as trainers and coaches to help other veterans and people getting out. Uh, the director of education for FitOps is Nate Palin, and he's also the uh, director of the tactical uh, side of the house at the National Strength and Conditioning Association. And that's how we kind of got connected. And they wanted to start doing this blog thing. And he had just put out a, uh, you know, kind of like an all hands if anybody wants to write some articles. And, you know, I'm sitting at home over the summer and I like I like to read and write. So I, I fired. It was, it was, it was actually kind of difficult for me because he's like, hey, we just want articles. And I'm like, about what? And he's like, <laughs> just write whatever. And like, I, I'm not I'm not very good with just like synthesizing whatever. Like if you give me like a topic. I'm good, but so that was, it was kind of difficult to just sit down and be like, I don't know what I'm about to write here. Um, but uh, it's kind of it's kind of nice to just be able to synthesize some of some of my thoughts into uh, and some of my own experience into um, 
you know, for guys, folks that are transitioning out, you know, that it, it is, I think there's a, you know, there is, there is a big mental barrier when we're transitioning out because we, we spend so much time in this, um, you know, in the military, it's, it's very team oriented, the brotherhood, the sisterhood. And then as soon as you get out, no matter how close you are with, with everybody, it, it disappears. Right. You know, and it's, so it's, it's, it, there's this, you find yourself, you know, like, Oh, when I get out, you know, we're going to stay in touch and we're going to go do this and blah, 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 blah. And it's, it, it rarely happens. And then you're, you know, you're stuck sitting there two years down the road. Like, what have I become? You know, you just feel stagnant. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I like a lot of stuff that, that FitOps is doing the direction they're going. Um, and just the community behind it, you know, everybody's like really, it's really supportive. Um, I, I find a lot of what I've noticed in places that I lived is that people get very uh, tribal and territorial. So like mm-hmm. if you're a trainer and there's another trainer, they don't like, they don't want to talk to you. Cause it's like, you're going to take my clients. And I'm like, whatever, dude. Um, if, you know, if I lose my clients to you, then I just, obviously I have something, I ain't doing something. you know, it's, I don't, right. I don't buy into the, I don't, I see a place for the competitiveness, but I think it can be very unhealthy at times that people are forsaking community because they're afraid that um, their livelihood is going to be threatened, I guess. Right. Right. Yeah. That's a shame. I wish that, sorry, my dog is a savage. (laughs) Um, I wish they had something like that when I was getting out, that would probably have helped me stay more active. Um, Cause I was medically retired too. And so uh, I just couldn't, I didn't feel like I could do anything anymore because my back was always in pain. It would have definitely helped me. So I got kicked out of the, um, what's the name of the blog that you kind of help out with? I, I, it was a, I just wrote an article was for fit ops. Fit ops. Okay. Because I have a few friends that might benefit from that. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty cool organization. And Matt, what did you go to? Uh, you went to a uh, boot camp in a to go uh, Marine boot camp. Where did you go? Uh, so I went to Paris Island down Paris. in South Carolina. Yeah, that's I thought that's what you said when you uh, when we started. I was just making sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two May sixteenth, two thousand five. I stood on the yellow footprints. I think we always remember that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it was funny. I, when I was working at uh, the last gym I was working at, uh, I worked with this guy. He was 83 years old, and he was a Marine. And it was it was pretty funny because we started talking, and he had gone to Paris Island. And, you know, we started sharing stories, and it's like, this guy's 83 years old. I was like 38 at the time, and it's like uh, we had the same stories. Like, it's like nothing has changed. I mean, things have changed, but like not, it, it's, you know, talk, talking to somebody that was there all those years ago, like, he's like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I remember that place and this place. And it's like the same, but not cool. the same. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, things evolve, but, it, I mean, at the core, it's still the same. Yeah, I know my dad, Ambits, he was a Marine, well, is a Marine, um, and uh, he shares a lot of the same similar stories with the younger guys that they're kind of, like, bringing to help, kind of, they help with uh, and housing and making sure you're filling out all the forms, right, with the VA and stuff like that. So there's a lot of uh, sharing of and it's amazing how similar they can be. Yeah, it's it's always it's always interesting. I and I love talking to that older generation. Uh, number one, they're just so few and far between at this point. Um, but I know, like you know, my grandpa was in the army in World War II, and he didn't talk about anything. He talked about going to boot camp when they got to England. Uh, you know, they went to. He, he got there, like, right at the beginning of the Battle of the Bulge. Um, okay. But he talked about any of that. And then, like, all his stories would pick up, like, right after the war was ending. And they were kind of, like, occupying Belgium and then coming home. And that's, like, he never talked, like, anything about the war. And when I was in Afghanistan, I was uh, doing some research on his unit and stuff. And I actually found a guy that was in his unit. And was talking to him and sent his contact information to my grandpa. And he's just like, that's great. And like, never, never said anything about it again. And he's just kind of like, I want nothing to do with this. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think, I think a lot of those, a lot of those guys, they, they don't, they didn't know how to deal with it. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, you know, they just came home and got back to work. And it's like, but you look at how many of those guys turned into alcoholics, you know, had had mental issues, had mental breakdowns and stuff. And it's like they didn't just come home and deal with it. They they came home and, you know, just shut down. Yeah, it's, it's so I think I, 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 some of the guys that are still left are st- are kind of in that place where they're they're talking about it. And I really do think like things like Band of Brothers in the Pacific really help kind of shed some light and be like, Hey, this is okay. Like Other, it's, it's, a, it's okay to mourn this stuff. Yeah. Right. And right. my dad being in Vietnam, I like we knew, but it took until like he's 80. Oh, he'll be 80. Recently. He's actually talked about it outside of like his buddies. And I do think it's as they get older, they become more comfortable or I'm not quite sure what changes inside of them. I was blessed. Handled his very well. Yeah, my dad's, me and Sophie have been trying to get uh, my dad to come on. So we're still working on that one. (laughs) I think they just go through so much stuff that it's just hard for them to cope really you know well i i think there there is a definite um there has been a definite culture shift in the past couple decades that it's like hey it's okay to talk about this stuff it's a you know there's a kind of like that that old idea that men aren't allowed to show emotion unless it's anger you know (laughs) it's like right (laughs) it's like you're showing anger because you're not dealing with these other emotions properly. Well, I know yeah. in speaking with my dad, I think it was maybe even last night, it's back when they were coming home, there was no such thing as PTS. 
You know, there was no such thing as that. And so there was no treatment for it. Right. right. Like counseling, there was not help. And now, like you said, in the past few decades, it's become a little easier and a little bit, um, I don't know, like safe to share, I guess. I'm a word to use, but it's gotten better for you guys. I, 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 think, I think that's a good word because there, there's definitely there's definitely been a stigma around, you know, the, the mental health, um, you know, of, of veterans coming home that, you know, I went in 2005. So I was I was in at this weird time when there were still people that were of the old mentality that, you know, if you need mental health help, then you're weak. And, you know, transitioning into the, hey, go get help. Yeah. You know, don't, don't be afraid to ask for help. So there was, but there was, it was still walking this fine line. And, you know, even up through, I mean, I got out in 2011 or at the end of 2011. And it was like still kind of at that point where like, depending on who heard about it, that it wasn't okay. Yeah. I got out in 2013 and there was still that stigma. There probably still is, you know, but um, I, I do think it's getting a little better and there are more options out there to help people if they reach out. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the, the early intervention is the best because it's, you know, people think that it's like either like, hey, I'm fine or I have to get committed to, you know, in Lejeune, we called it the fourth floor. Um, yeah. <laughs> go, 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 to, go to see the wizard. Um, you know, but there, there is a, you know, there's, there's a middle ground there that's like, hey, if I, I just, I, I need a place where I need somebody that I can talk to about this. And, but you end up with these guys that they're afraid to seek help. So they turn to the alcohol and the drugs to cope. And then they end up getting, I know, I know personally at least two guys that got, uh, separated because of drugs and alcohol trying to cope but then when that happens now it's exponentially harder to get any help through the VA hmm. so you know these guys are between a rock and a hard place like the resources weren't there to help them so they turned to what they could to cope and now you've taken away the you know the main resource that they would have in the in the VA for getting mental health help because with a you know usually with a with a bad conduct discharge or dishonorable you can still get VA benefits but it is exponentially harder right definitely so, well yeah, I like it's, that it's, you... it's just kind of it's just kind of that thing that you know we just need to and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys. It's like, you know, we, we, we go through, you know, these, when I was in, it was, um, you know, we're, you're doing a deployment, you come home, you get your time off, you do your work up and get ready to go back again. So you're over for seven months, home for 12, back over for seven months and just repeat that. And it, it's just, you're constantly on this, in this kind of high stress environment you're getting garbage sleep. Nutrition is is horrible. I mean, no, 
no no base chow hall is there to provide you with the most nutritiously balanced meal. Right. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's not their intention. They're there to provide you some sort of food because they're obligated to. But so you get crappy sleep, crap, crappy nutrition. And we're just like in this running a red line all the time. It's like, what do you think is going to happen? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you, you really you really can't uh, operate for too long at that at that level and have success. Exactly. That's right. You said you had a 10 year old son. So are you kind of, are you able to be like a quote unquote at home dad while also doing your fitness business? Yeah. So that's, that's kind of uh, the the fun balance that I try to walk. Cause especially in the summer, you know, he's home all the time. So it's, I just kind of have to pump the brakes on everything. And it's like, Hey, I'm, you know, doing that and then kind of establish boundaries. Like, Hey, I'm, I'm working right now. Um, you know, he, he's been really great about it. Uh, so he was born uh, right after I had my surgery. So I'm, I feel kind of fortunate that he does not remember a time when I was in the military. Like he knows that I was in the military, um, but he doesn't because he turned one right after I got out. So he doesn't remember, you know, he doesn't have any recollection of me being in or, you know, having to leave or, you know, anything like that. You know, I have a lot of friends with multiple kids and they're going on deployments and stuff. I'm like, man, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> uh, you know, that I don't know if that's in me, but uh, yeah, we've been, he's a, he's a good kid. You know, he, he recognizes my limitations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I know there's things that he wants to do and I can't do them but there's also a lot of things that he wants to do and he'll like find ways to modify it so that I can participate, which is really awesome uh, is to see it in kids. And it, it's awesome in kids, you know, they're, you really see it in kids are like, I don't care. I just want somebody to play, you know, it's like, it doesn't, they don't, they don't see those barriers, I guess. Yeah. My um, kid, um, even last night, she's 18 years old and she, I guess she just didn't want to just, crawled into bed and just sat here on her phone doing anything and it's just like oh you know like it makes you feel good that you you know kids appreciate you and want you around yeah it, it really is that you know seeing that they understand that hey it's just just doing things together it's not like hey you have to we have to do all these things it's like hey yeah we can just you know, like if he wants to go to the playground, it's like, you, you don't have to do anything. Just be there with me, you know? Right. It's just, just that. Interest- I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, does he take an interest in your business and like you want to learn the physical stuff that you're able to do or that you teach people? So when I was uh, working, at, like he would come and. Uh, you know, cause my wife was working, so she would drop him off and he would kind of sit there at the table. And then like when I was off and I would start, you know, doing my workout, he would come and, you know, sometimes he'd just goof around and other times he'd be like, Hey, I want to try that. Um, and you know, there's a, a private gym that I go to, uh, now and he'll come with me and sometimes he'll goof around or sometimes he'll be like, Hey, I want to, you know, I want to try squatting. I want to try that. Or. Uh, Mm -hmm. when I was, when I was just working out in the garage, I had my TRX up and stuff. And, um, I, I'd go out there and work out every night. 
And it got to the point where he just comes out and he's like, what are you doing out here? And then he sees I'm working out. He's like, I want to try that. So then we had like this whole, like he wrote up this whole workout for the week. So like Monday we would do this and it's like, Oh, Monday we're going to do, you know, some rows and, you know, jumping jacks and, you know, like something simple, but it's just like, it's participate and he sees it as fun. Right. And that's, that's my big thing uh, with fitness, especially with kids is, you know, I, I, I'm of the opinion that fitness is like one of the most, one of, one of the most important things that you can do as uh, at any stage in your life. Um, but for kids to get involved and just see like, Hey, this is fun. It's uh, and it's for kids. It's an incredible confidence builder that it's like, Hey, I just lifted that bar over my head, you know, or, right. you know, I, I, I did whatever. Or, um, you know, just reinforcing, you know, at the, at the private gym, they have a, a technique bar there. So it's like, it's a, it's a barbell, but it only weighs like 15 pounds. But for him to, you know, lay on the bench and be able to do a set of five for him, it's not like, oh, I bench press 15 pounds. It's, hey, I just bench pressed. Like, I just, yeah. I just did this that I see everybody else. I see these strong guys doing, and I just did that too. Right. You know? And it's, again, right. it's that, it's that community. You know, in, exactly. in fitness, you 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 start. Uh, you know, when you get into smaller gyms, you really they these groups really coalesce into a, a nice little community. I you know I, I belong to like a a big box gym because there's there's certain things that they have that the private gym doesn't, and it's it's just not the same. Uh, you know, everybody just kind of comes and goes and does their own thing. But in those in those smaller gyms, you really do get that community where people are like they they're just excited you're there. Yeah. They carry you on and everything, too. Yeah. Well, it's good that you're teaching your son healthy habits. Now, make it into his, you know, as he becomes a man, he'll know, like, he'll already know what to do to keep himself. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things, like, it's, you know, I try to teach him, like, this isn't complicated. Yeah, you know, it's 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 very it's very simple, but it's also hard because you have to do the work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not not a. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 so simple. It's hard. I guess is the. Yeah, favorite things I've, I've heard about it. I think it's the heart of getting up and motivated and doing it. At least that's for me. Once I'm there, I'm solid. It's just getting that discipline, that motivation to get up and get to the gym or go outside and take the walk. It is. And I, I think for me, my, my injury is probably one of the, the biggest pushes for me because it it really made me realize how, how much I took fitness for granted. Um, you know, and even being in the military, I mean, you get to this base level of fitness where it's just like, yeah, I can perform and you don't, you don't understand uh, why I have to keep pursuing this. And now it's like in this position where it's like, I have to keep pursuing this or I'm, I'm not going to have a good quality of life. Right. Uh, you know, so it kind of, kind of put me in a place where it's like, I have no choice now. And, you know, like I know for a while, you know, my I'd be. I'd be at the gym for a while and then I'd start working out. I was like, why don't you come home? You know, you can work out tomorrow. I'm like, I can work out tomorrow, but I don't really see the gym as an option. It, like, it's not like, Oh, I want to go to the gym. Cause it makes me feel good. It's like, no, I have, like, I have to do this. 
this this isn't like an option for me anymore. That's a great mentality. You know, you you think about if, if I spend, if I spend 15 minutes a day scrolling through Facebook, which let's be honest, nobody only spends 15 minutes a day on social. Right. But if I spend, if I spend 15 minutes a day, that's three days out of the year that I'm just mindlessly scrolling. And then you factor in like all the times we like, you know, Oh, here's a TV show. I'm going to binge or I'm going to watch these movies or listen to these four podcasts while I sit on the couch. And then it's like, Oh, but I don't have time to meal prep. I don't have time to go to the gym. It's like, no, we have all the time in the world. It's just, what's our priority. Right. Exactly. Right. It's, it's like, we, we have like, come on, you don't have 45 minutes of your, of your day to go work out. Exactly. If it's important to you, you'll make time for it. Right. That's most definitely true. Exactly so, right. Uh, if somebody wanted to be able to reach out to you and get some tips on, you know, things they could do for an injury similar to yours, where could they reach you at? So I have... Uh... I have my Facebook page, but uh, mo- mo- mainly my my Facebook is just uh, you know kind of like my personal stuff. I have a personal Instagram that's uh, MD Moyer two, and I I post a lot of a lot of fitness stuff on there. And then my mm-hmm. my uh, business uh, Instagram is just Force Multiplication. Um, what was that? Instagram for that has been kind of. Uh, kind of hit and miss with it being summer, but hopefully going to start ramping all that back up again. And then uh, my actual business website is force multiplication, LLC.com. Um, that's kind of the same thing. I have articles and stuff. I've been uh, doing a, a lot of videos that I'm going to start posting. Um, so my, my main things that I hit are nutrition, sleep, and fitness. Uh, and really I think nutrition and sleep are the have to come before fitness. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of, that's kind of my triangle that I, I work with because they all kind of depend on, on the other. Right. Right. Well, that's great. And I'm so glad you took the time, uh, to meet, uh, talk with us today. Yes. Um, thank you so much. Yeah, it was good to be on. We really appreciate you coming on. It's uh, it, it's uh, it's really interesting how uh, you know, like with the Iron Will podcast, how it's created this whole big community. Uh, met so many, so many, so many cool people through that that Iron Will and kind of everything that's uh, you know, that's. Although I kind of see that as like ground zero. Um, I think Kevin, yours was. Uh, I had listened to Seth Howland's. Uh, podcast with iron will and then yours was the second when you did that there's that was the second podcast that there's that i'd listened to and i was like man these guys are doing awesome things and you started your own thing and it's just it's just turning this really awesome community thank you i i love the community we have everybody's so great and we've all been through so many things and we just kind of feed off of each other yeah, it, it is really awesome, and I I think that's it's really important. I think you know because it's a lot of a lot of times you know everybody kind of has their own issues that they're dealing with, and it's easy to feel like man, I'm the only one. Mm-hmm. And you kind of go down in this this uh, dark place, and then you start 
realizing like, Hey, there's other people out here where they're doing good things. And like, you know, it's not every day is sunshine and roses. You know, there's, there's days where, um, you know, I had, I had like two weeks where, you know, getting out of bed and getting downstairs, like the hardest thing for me to accomplish that day, you know, but then you have other days where it's, it's amazing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very much so. This week was rough on me, but Hey, I got it. I saw y'all, uh, every one of y'all were getting after it. So I was like, Hey, I was getting after it too. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's the thing is, you know, like getting after it looks different for everybody. You know, I, I think sometimes we, you know, people would be like, Oh, this guy with the, uh, you know, he's only got one arm and he's doing all these things. What's your excuse? And it's like, well, you know, he's in a different mental place. And, you know, just because you see that, that clip of him doing whatever, it's like, that's, that's not probably not every day for him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for you, like you even said, like like some days, like some days, that's my biggest accomplishment is it's just I was able to get up and cook my daughter lunch, you know? Right. Everybody differently. Everybody's body's different. Like you mentioned, eights are different. You just do the best that you can. My thing is just don't stay down. Like I'll keep getting out of bed every single day. Keep the depression or the anxiety just keep going we yeah. just have to keep pushing each other yeah yeah and i i know there's days where like i'll i'll you know i i've struggled with depression and there's there's times where i'll take like i have like two days where i'm just like miserable where it's like i'm i'm in bed and that's that's my day is in bed and i'm just like in a really dark place and then i'll come out of it and it's like okay time to get back after it you know and it's it, I guess it's just the reality of it, you know, and it's, uh, you know, when you're dealing with any kind of, any kind of injury or trauma, whether mental or, or physical, you know, it, it takes a toll on the body. Definitely. Yes. It does. I, I think I was talking to my therapist that um, I have bipolar. So we think that I crashed because there was just moments throughout the day that I just had to go to sleep. Like there was just, my body wasn't giving me that option. It's like, you're going to fall asleep and you're going to do. Hmm. And so, you know, then I, you know, then you'll see me like posting also to motivate myself to get out of the funk that I slid into. Right. I think seeing everybody's story posting between iron will and us over at victory. It, there's so many people and so many stories and so many posts. It just makes you feel, like you said, not alone. Right. Right. Yeah, that's that's the big that's a big thing. Is just you know, it's uh, I I I've, I've come to the conclusion that a lot of people that post like the the motivational stuff, it's more to motivate themselves than to be motivating to other people. Um, you know, because there there is an accountability factor to that too. I think, and I. I think accountability goes a long way in, you know, accomplishing our goals. Oh, yeah. If I have a goal, if I have a goal that I want to do something, I just keep that to myself. Well, if I don't make the goal, then then who knows? But if I if I tell other people, then I have that accountability in that, and hopefully they're going to keep me accountable in that as well. Right. Yeah, I think at the beginning of the year, I think it might have been in Iron Wills though. I said that um, I have the Apple Watch, and I the whole beginning of the year is just kind of like blah 
And I swore to myself from February forward, I was going to hit every single challenge month that I get through my watch. And it's like, okay, I'm, I haven't missed one yet. So it's my own. I put it out there and I, I have to do it now. Yeah. That's awesome. It can be. Yeah, I, I think, I don't, I don't think people realize that like just something like that, like that stuff at like it, comp, it compounds on itself. Right. So it's like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to do this challenge. And it's like, Oh, I completed that challenge. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that bad. Like right. I, I, I did that really well. Like, okay, I'm going to do this again. And just so as, as just this habit building that just, it turns into this massive thing. It's like, man, I haven't missed a gym day in two years or, you know, whatever. It's like, man, I've been eating really healthy for, for three months. And, you know, I, I think people want these like big, these big ticket. If I do this one thing, like everything's going to be right in my life. And it's like, man, it's, it's, again it's it's simple habits yep it's so it is so simple that it's hard when i did when i quit smoking it's like right now i'm sitting here like oh i've got three years you know like okay but it's still like i still some days have to remind myself that it's a day-by-day process because there's still days after three years i but i just keep reminding this far you, you just keep going you know it's and it is. It's being able to say, "Oh, it's been three years." Yeah, hey, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm about six years awesome. uh, without without uh, without smoking, and I never. My biggest struggle in quitting smoking was when I was working at the factory because it's, um, you know, on it, again it. it right it's it's a smoking is a community thing so when you yep. quit smoking it's you want to be out there with your friends but if you're out there with your friends, you, you're going to want a cigarette especially when you're when you're first starting to quit it's it's very hard once you once it. you're a couple months into it it's a little bit easier i never yep. really struggled with like oh i want a cigarette um my my biggest struggle and it, i haven't even really thought about uh smoking a cigarette in years but i was watching um i was watching a movie the other night and it was like set in the 60s where like everybody's smoking and for like this brief second i was like man i want a cigarette what's that at mad men i was watching that tv show and like you said it was set in the 60s and they're smoking in the office they're smoking at the bar they're just constantly someone has a cigarette and it's like Wow, and then you kind of, that was me, yeah. <laughs> so one of the biggest things for me is now I can smell somebody who smokes like two hundred feet away. Like I, I smell, I smell that like stale cigarette smoke on them. And like when I worked at the gym, and that door would open, like I could smell them from like twenty feet away, and I'm just like, that's disgusting. And it's yes. like, it's like for me, it's like. That is that is atrocious, and th- I walked around smelling like that and thought it was cool. Yeah, that was me too. It's like my mom still smokes, um, and it, sometimes I will like I'll open her car door and it's like, oh good god, that's how I used to smell. That's what my car <laughs> smelled like. Like ew, so yeah. disgusting. Yeah, that's that's one thing I don't miss at all. 
I never had that problem. I guess I never did that, so that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> I always tell people that was like the hardest thing to ever break. My that was the worst habit that um but I found I did the patches and yeah. one day I took a shower and I'd taken it off and I didn't realize till the next day I wasn't even wearing one. And it was like, holy crap, it it really is. You get to that 21 day mark and it's kind of like you've broken the, you know, you've gotten it out of your system and you've broken it. and it just makes it easy. And it was just like, wow, you know, like, Hey, I did it. Yeah. I, I think it's just like anything else. It's like the farther removed you get from it, the, the easier it gets. And I, I think that, you know, that concept, it works in building a habit as well, that the, the farther into doing something I, I get, the easier it gets to sustain that. I might have to reach out to you because I'm getting ready to move and I'm going to, I'm pulling myself out of a, a where we kind of just eat everything and anything. <laughs> and I need to kind of like, you know, change that. And I might be reaching out to you so you can kind of help guide me through the, because I need to get my daughter healthier habits too. And it's, for uh, me, I want to see I, I think the kids are the hardest um, because my son's not a picky eater, but he is kind of picky at the same time. And, you know, especially like when it's summertime and we're home together and it's like, you know, it's, I mean, it, it gets to like one fifteen out here. So it's not like, Oh, go outside and play. It's, it's, you know, we're kind of stuck in the house and he's like, I'm hungry. I'm like, all right, here's some Mac and cheese, dude. Just, just, you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, here's here's some corn dogs, and then like I sit back and look. I'm like, man, like how how do kids grow when we feed them such garbage? You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> like you know, kids, and it's you know, it's a thing. Like that kid could eat, he could eat mac and cheese, corn dogs, and peanut butter sandwiches all day, every day, and be fine. <laughs> yeah, like, well, this, this is this is not okay. <laughs> Yeah, my daughter's autistic, so there. I don't know about safety of yours, but like, there's only certain things she'll eat, and sadly, they are probably the worst things. They're the like the mac and cheese prosciutto. Like she'll eat a whole thing of prosciutto like it's nothing, and it's like that's a crap ton of sodium and fat right yeah. there. <laughs> Mine used so. to be pretty bad like that, Nicole, but he uh, he kind of started learning about nutrition in school, so he tries to pay more attention. To what he's eating now and he'll eat different things but um he builds he doesn't eat enough i don't think for his his um you know body mine's a snacker yeah my, my son's definitely a grazer like he won't eat a lot in one sitting but he'll eat throughout the day uh mm -hmm. so it, it you know part of it is like just making sure there's a there's somewhat healthy snacks for him to go grab. You know, it's like, okay, if you you eat like five granola bars, I'd rather you do that than, you know, eat. A bag know. of chips. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot worse things that you can, that he could eat. And then, uh, you know, we have like the, the, um, like protein drinks for kids. So he, he usually has one of those for breakfast and stuff. So it's, and he, he does like, thankfully he loves uh, steamed broccoli. Oh, so, yeah, he, he, he loves steamed broccoli and steamed cauliflower. Um, so I'll, I'll make that all day. Yeah, that's mine. I love that. That's mine too. 
Yeah, so it's like we do, uh, you know, we'll go to Costco and get like the big bags of like frozen salmon fillets. And so I'll do like salmon and then we got like the, the rice cooker and it's got a steamer basket on top. So I just throw some rice and broccoli in there and got dinner. Yeah, I've we- been looking at these uh, air. Not, they're not I don't think they're air fryers anymore, but they've kind of got like the double sides of things to where like you can air fry on this side, but you can steam on that side. I've been checking that out to kind of like maybe decrease the amount of junk she's getting when I cook dinner. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard with kids. Yeah. And then you get tired of making the two meals. Yeah. Mine just had had her 23rd birthday yesterday. So. Oh, she got it fast. Yeah. I was like, uh, I saw her for about an hour yesterday. So, (laughs) She did her own thing, so I, I don't even know what she's more. So I'm like, hey, <laughs> but I got to see her for her birthday, so that was all right. They That's grow good. fast. They grow fast. Too fast. Yeah. Now that you're saying it, I'm sitting here thinking, like, my boy's gonna be 20 in like two months. <laughs> like, where did the time go? Y'all enjoy the time while y'all can. <laughs> He calls me now more than he ever has, and it's and I just enjoy every phone call, even if he's like driving me insane. It's like, but I still <laughs> enjoy it because it's like he's a nineteen-year-old, you know, boy. The last thing he wants to do is talk to his mom. So it's like if he picks up the phone and calls, it's like yay. <laughs> Most of the time, it's money. <laughs> so you're lucky being able to spend so much time with your with your son and be able to teach him so much, especially all the knowledge you're learning through healthy and fitness. It It is, it is something, uh, you know, it's, it's hard not to take it for granted, but at the same time, it's like, uh, you know, realizing like what a gift it is like, man, you know, like I can, I can be there. Um, and I've, I've been kind of spoiled and I've always, been able to have a job where I've been able to go to his school events. Uh, you know, when he was doing baseball, I coached his teams. Oh, awesome. uh, you know, so it's, it's like, I've, I've never been in a position where I've had to miss things. And now mm-hmm. I'm kind of at the point where it's like, I'm not, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to put myself in a position now where I have to miss things. So it, it's kind of like, you know, I, like I told my wife, it's like, I got, we got eight years until he's 18. I was, I always joke that, you know, I got in five years, he'll be 15 and he'll hate us at that point. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it, so it's kind of like if, if I need to get a job then, then, then I can do that. But right now I, I have the time, I have the ability to, to spend time with him. So, um, I'm not, I'm not taking it for granted. You know, it's, uh, I've, I've never, I've never met so I've never met an older person that said that their main regret was that they worked more. So no, yeah. uh, I love spending can I can with my kids. That's why even her crawling into bed with me last night, even if it's for her to stay on her phone while I sit here and watch TV, it's it's everything to me. Yep. Exactly that song right. with that song Don't Blink, that's the truth. Because <laughs> you do, like you said, your son's gonna hit fifty much so he really isn't going to want to be around you and so you you lose those couple 
Yeah, you know, I it was I I, I went through that. Um, and it's kind of weird, you know. I don't I don't know why. I had a great I had a really good upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the kids kids and their hormones, and you know, you kind of get to that point where it's like I want to be independent, but I'm not ready mm-hmm. to be. Uh, mm-hmm. You're kind of like in the internal war. Uh, but then, you know, once I once I got older, in my later 20s, I had a really good relationship with my parents. So, Yeah, I remember so I reaching out to my parents, like, the like, moved out. It was like, you know, I finally, like, was like, damn, they, you know, like, they went through a lot to keep me going, you know? Like, yeah. you don't realize it. Kids, and it's like, wow. Yep. You really can start sympathizing, or they had to go through. I've been lucky, you know. They always tell you your kids are like three times worse than you. you. Mm-hmm. And I was blessed because I don't know if I'd have lived through. <laughs> yeah, if if my kids worse than I was, then my parents must have been blessed. They're pretty good kids. Yeah, <laughs> I I think it's all in the time since they've changed. Um, it's allowed th- uh, parents to be different with their children than when we were younger. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah, definitely. You know, like for me with my son, he's in Florida. Um, like I wasn't able to really communicate with my biological father because he was in another state. You know, now you have FaceTime, you know, and you can... Like you can make it to where you are with them, right? Technology in some ways has helped with it. It's it's a lot better. It's a lot easier to communicate now. Yeah, to do with like the mental health schools are helping with having so many different programs that the kids can. You know, like I remember if people passed away when I was in, like I had a girlfriend who sadly was way to school you know there was no questions you know where they pulled together to talk about it and to where nowadays when stuff like that happens these kids are able to find a cat people there to where we didn't have that when we were young mm-hmm. you know we had to right. step it up but I, I think that that idea of like oh kids are resilient they adapt to anything and they don't realize it like this um I, I forget who it was. I was, I was, uh, I was watching a doctor and, uh, giving this presentation. He said, when we experience trauma, we have physiological changes that happen in our body. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, so our, our, like when we experience emotional trauma, uh, whether it's, uh, somebody close to us de- dying or like even kids, uh, you know, if, if their parents go through like a divorce, we physically change inside, like our DNA changes, our, our cell structures change. And th- those things have an effect on us. Um, and it's, it's, so it's, I think we're shifting from that. Oh, kids are resilient. They'll adapt. And it's like, yeah, they'll adapt, but it doesn't mean it's optimal. Yeah. For me, I've always, my, you know, my son, I'm in counseling, so I've tried to, because of some of the things he's, you know, dealt with himself, it's like, you know, kid, why don't you get pee now, you know, until she was, you know, 
I was 40 years old and now she's like trying to learn stuff, you know, mm-hmm. or see him with help now to where like for me, I was 16 and we just stopped doing therapy because I didn't want to do it no more. <laughs> but, but I don't, one of the, one of the craziest things for me, uh, th- and this was kind of like a, I guess sealed the deal for me in understanding it was, you know, we have, when we have trauma and we don't, we don't deal with it. Uh, and we have those changes. A lot of times it'll cause like knots in our muscles or like it'll get, it, it gets stored physically mm-hmm. uh, in, in our body in some way. And my sister does work. Um, she does like craniosacral therapy and like uh, different kinds of like massage and stuff. And she was, and she, she still lives in Pennsylvania. So whenever I go out to visit, we always, she's, she, she likes uh, kind of working on, on me cause she can, you know, try out a whole bunch of different things that she doesn't normally get to. But I had this like really bad knot in my back and she was working on it. And it's like all this emotion just came out of there because it just gets stored up. And we look mm-hmm. at, when we're going through life and we're just stuffing this stuff down and then we have all these chronic illness issues as an older adult. And it's like, well, no kidding. Like we're, we, you know, you kind of did this to yourself you know, because we, we don't want to, we don't want to deal with it or appear weak or vulnerable or whatever. And it's like, but this is our, our, when we don't deal with emotions that manifest physically and it's never in a good way. Yeah, I agree. I think that's our having here at Victory, having places to share our stories. I think in some ways, like you were, massage is kind of like this release of emotion. I think being able to share our stories kind of is a release of the emotions as well as for me, I get a benefit of helping others. So that's, Mm -hmm. I, I get giving, you know, and I think that helps for a lot of people. For sure. Well, Matthew, I I really appreciate it again that you got to come on, and um, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. And yeah, had had a good time. Glad glad we got to connect. Yeah, if you ever really want to come up. back, let us know if when your business gets pumping again, and we'll uh, we'll talk about some of that stuff too. Yeah, let's. Some sounds great. Please come back. Um, I'm always I'm always happy to to jump on with you guys really uh awesome. i enjoy listening to the podcast it's really awesome like i said you know to to hear everybody's story and just um you know see how our our paths cross in so many ways and that there's mm-hmm. there's really all all the common ground that's there and it's it uh i think it'd be really cool you know as time goes on if we ever get on the backside of all this quarantine stuff to actually be able for like you know have have like meetups and stuff and, you know, everybody kind of get together and hang out. You know, I think it'd be, oh, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. We, um, Jessica, oh. um, and I, and a few others, we've all talked about just meeting up in Vegas, you know, <laughs> like just yeah. a little bit of everything for all of us to do. And just to, like you said, <laughs> know each other on a personal, be able to hug each other. I miss yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. Right, well, yep. We will plan it when uh when things finally calm down for sure. 
<laughs> yeah, one of these days. Yeah. <laughs> well, y'all have a good uh, y'all have a good day. Everybody have you, a great you weekend. Too. Rest of your weekend. Bye bye. Bye. Bye bye.